All right, everybody, welcome back to the showcase. I'm your host, Paris Jackson. On today's episode, we are breaking down this scoring fiasco that we are having. Is it a fiasco? Is it a problem? Or is it something that we should just be happy about? Sit back, relax, and enjoy the showcase. And we are back. Welcome back. Happy 2023. Happy New Year. All that good stuff. I hope you took some time to do some self-reflection, some goal setting, and are enjoying the first few days of this brand new year. It is my birthday month. I love this time of year. It's my birthday month. We're just coming off the holidays. I love the whole idea of like cycles and renews and new beginnings and all that good stuff. My birthday's thrown in there. We have another holiday coming up very soon with MLK Day. Hopefully the company that you work for gives it off. Mine doesn't, but it's chill. Um, you know, and a lot of good things to look forward to. NFL playoffs, NBA's really starting to catch its stride. Um, you know, the college basketball season is heating up. Lots of stuff to be happy about this time of year. Even the weather, you know, like I know it's raining right now. It's raining cats and dogs in California. It's been crazy. We And everybody says this all the time that we need the rain, but... Man, it has been coming down for about a week now here in SoCal. It's only supposed to get worse for my Northern California friends and family. They're going to get absolutely dumped on. Uh, but me, I enjoy it, man. I think it makes my job easier because I'm in sales, so trying to track down people. It's like who skips work when it's raining. Um, you know, it's just easier to just mob around and be inside and catch people. It's good. I'm a homebody straight up. I love just hanging out and sitting at home, so it makes it easier to as i should say negotiate with my wife to sit around the house uh when the weather is so poor outside and um you know just enjoy it you know i got the makeshift fireplace going the uh the warm beverages are beveraging and it's just a great time of year i love it this time of year so uh hope you're enjoying it as well in the start of the year and it has been an eventful start of the year to pop off um of course you know with Damar hamlin injury happening on monday very serious serious tones and kind of like the last big game of the nfl and everything came to a screeching halt you know thoughts and prayers and all that good stuff out to his family glad to see that his foundation had reached over four million in donations in a matter of a couple of nights you know people just carrying that good christmas goodwill um and donating money to uh, his foundation so i was glad to see that and you know hopefully he does make a full recovery but it's kind of crazy man a 24 year old just getting cracked in just the right way to get into cardiac arrest man it's really really scary i remember you know when i was playing high school football and uh the during one of the varsity games same thing happened man these two kids just came at each other you know, they always teach you to tackle kind of with your head up and, and meet meet the tackle so that you don't get trucked. And uh, this kid just had his head down, went ahead and met the tackle, but boom, man, was like pretty much paralyzed right on the spot. Temporarily, thankfully, you know, the kid made a full recovery. He didn't play for Davis High, played for another, another school. Um, you know, we did the same thing, donated a bunch of money, and I think he got, a, like, a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 3, whatever the newest PlayStation was out of the time, uh, out of the donations that we made. Kid made a full recovery, but just goes to show you, man, football is a very violent sport. I mean, the head-on collisions can happen. Anything can happen when you're 
playing that type of stuff. And, uh, you know, unfortunately for DeMar Hamlin, it was just one of those things. He just got hit in the perfect spot. Uh, young, healthy man. Um, and unfortunately, the, you know, the game had to come to a close <clears throat> and uh, everyone was reminded of the fragility and the human aspect of the game. Um, you know, hopefully he does make a full recovery. I don't know what that means, you know, for the NFL scheduling and, and all that stuff. None of that's coming off. I don't think the Bengals and the Bills will play again this year. I'm not sure if they get a tie or whatever. Um, but that kind of took over the news for the last few days on the sports and we've had some crazy things go on in basketball that very same night donovan mitchell dropped 71 and he had the most assists for somebody that ever scored that many points um ever so not only was he scoring the ball but he was dishing it um you know that same night joel Embiid went for 42 the next day clay thompson went for 54 Giannis, not to be outdone went for 55 We've had like 14 or 15 50-point games this season, um, and they're coming from all over the place. Pascal Siakam had the first one of the year. Luka Doncic has had one or two, right? Jason Tatum, Giannis, you know, all the big-name stars are, are really out and scoring, man. It's crazy. Even even LeBron on his birthday got 47. Like, I would basically count that as a 50 for him. Um, and scoring has just been going off, and it's not really – lack of defense and you know today's episode is going to be about you know scoring and how how it's changed in the league and why it feels so apparent in this uh in this time right now iteration it feels like every night somebody's dropping 40 or 50 points um but with all that being said man like unfortunately the demar hamlin thing kind of put a, a a curtain over all this stuff that's going on with the nba but that's why you're here with me, with your boy, with PJ and the showcase. We're going to go ahead and, and backtrack and go over that stuff because it's definitely worth revisiting um, because it was just incredible, man. You know, of course, Clay's 54 came in a double overtime. I think he got like four points in the second overtime. And I want to say he crossed the 50 mark in the first overtime. I don't think he exited regulation having scored more than 50 points, but it was just a classic Clay showing, man. We haven't had that. In almost like three years, you know, um, and it's beauty that it pretty much comes right next to the one-year anniversary of his return to the lineup. Uh, he just goes nuclear, and we definitely needed him to because Jordan Poole, while he had a solid 28, you know, he had plenty of turnovers and just wasn't really doing it and contributing. We didn't have Wiggins and no Steph Curry as well. Um, I believe Kaminga was out in that game too. I had actually thought the Hawks were going to win that game, not going to lie. Uh, but the Warriors continue to do super, super well at home. I think they're like 17-2 and two at the time of the recording this. They play the Pistons a little bit later this evening. So hopefully that, that record continues to improve and we don't catch an L to the Pistons because that would just break my heart. Um, <clears throat> with all that being said, though, there's something going around the league right now on the scoring i mean you know the same time you're getting all these great individual performances you're getting a substantial increase in the average points per game per team or at least it feels that way like every other night teams are dropping like you know 120 130 is the standard and then you know you have nights like two nights ago where the thunder at home hung 150 on the celtics without their best player um, and it's just kind of like head scratching of like, what is going on right now? Um, and I, I was talking about this in my group, group chat of my sport degenerate friends. 
of like, dude, what is going on? And uh, my buddy E-Money pointed out that the uh, Worldwide Wob said that, you know, it's not due to pace. Pace is pretty consistent as last year, but overall efficiency has just gone up, you know, in, in a tremendous way. And I was like, well, that makes sense. But for the average person, what does that really mean? What does that look like? How do we break that down, right? So, like, pace pace makes sense, right? Pace is just how quickly, how much shot clock do you use? That's really what it is, right? You, your teams that, I look at the Suns, right? I feel like the Suns play with a slower pace. They tend to use, like, a lot of the shot clock. They're not really that, like, seven or seconds or less that they were back in, you know, the 2006-2007 era. Nowadays, you know, with Chris Paul at the helm, they really slow things down, wait for things to develop, use a lot of the shot clock, and in so have a slow pace. Then I look at, you know, just that same example, 2006-2007, seven seconds or less, Suns, right? Like, they're moving the ball, they're pushing the pace, they're getting it going. And you'll find that young teams tend to push the pace much more so than older teams, right? They got the fresh young legs, things of that nature. But a lot of times, pace can overcome strategy because of basically the speed at which everything occurs, right? You don't have time to get to your defensive assignments or think about things when things are moving a mile a minute, right? And that was the theory behind seven seconds or less. It was basically like by the time the defense adjusts and figures out what we're doing. The ball is already in the air because we've shot it in seven seconds or less, like really simple theory, right? And you'll find that the very, very good defensive teams, like, you know, think of Miami, um, maybe not this year, but in prior years, I'm thinking of like the, the bubble Miami and bubble Lakers, right? Those were two defensive teams that made it all the way through and were the finals matchup because basically they slowed the game down so much that ain't no BS getting by them basically is what they were assuming. So the pace had slowed down. So, you know, obviously that leads to lower scoring and that's the kind of ball playing you're getting in like the eighties, the nineties where fouling, you know, uh, was a little bit more lenient and, you know, defense was a little bit, you you had more room to play, right? There's hand checking. You could foul a little harder without worrying about a flagrant, take fouls, all those types of things are being factored in. Um, and in so, you know, the pace has slowed down because guys are thinking about twice about going up in the air. And in so you get slower games, right? Right around the 2000, 2003 is where the hand checking rule comes off. You see the pace start to tick up. Can't can't put a, a hand on the, on the as the defender anymore. And, and so the scoring ticks up quite a bit. But those rules have been in place for a very long time, <clears throat> nearly 20 years. So why now are we just seeing this new, you know, rise as far as scoring goes? Um, and I wanted to go to the tape, right? So I, let's just start there, right? So I looked at, you know, since 2011, right? You know, that's my favorite time to look back to because I figured, you know, 13 years that's long enough, right? If I haven't able to identify a trend in that long, you know, we're basically looking at 20% of the NBA, right? Because the league's been around for 75 years in its most current format slash iteration, really for the last 20, right? With the introduction of the latest franchises, if we can't figure it out 
by looking at that sample set of data, then we probably won't be able to figure it out. Plus, with all the influences and styles of plays and things of that nature, you can have more heavily weight the more recent time. Um, but I just like looking at it because I don't, I don't want to look through, you know, 75 years worth of data, right? I just want to look through a relevant set of data. So I went back to 2011 and I looked at some statistics that were, you know, as a team kind of eye-popping, right? Not really eye-popping, but, but makes sense, right? So first, I wanted to just look at three points attempted right because i would explain it right three is obviously worth more than two you know is that going to account for the difference and the rise in both the individual scoring and the team scoring right so from a team scoring standpoint i'm like well are we shooting is the steph curry effect really impacting the team that much with not only the players they develop coach train the plays they're running, things of that nature, all pl definitely play a factor. But let's just look at the shooting percentage of three-pointers, right? Has that gone up significantly, right? You would expect, you know, 5%, 10%, 15%, whatever, if it was going to be, you know, a, st a statistical increase that makes sense to account for this rise in scoring. And looking at the data funny thing is the league average as far as three-point percentage has relatively gone unchanged for almost 15 years you go back to 2011 and three-point percentage the league average was 35.8 percent and then you look at today we're at 35.7 percent so it's nearly identical and all the years in between yeah some years you know you got 2014 it went up to 36 percent 2018 it was 36.2%. It's never dipped 34.9% was the lowest in 2012, but it's never dipped below that. But, you know, you're basically at 35% plus or minus 1 for the last 15 years. So it's not percentage. And then here's the obvious, right? It's teams are shooting more threes, right? That's your like Steph Curry effect and it, it's grown quite greatly. 18 threes per game was the average in 2011. Today, we're at 34.3. So teams are taking, obviously, twice as many three-pointers as they are today as they were in 2011, right? So obviously, if you're taking more three-pointers overall, you're going to obviously score more points, right? So you're pushing the ball, and you're taking more three-pointers, and that attributes to, you know, the scores being higher. But I didn't think that was enough, right? So I, I started looking at some other statistics to see where we could be. So I looked at fouls. Fouls lead to free throws, right? But that's not it either. We, The league average for fouls per game has actually risen over the last two years from 19.5 to 20.5. But one more foul per game per team is not going to account for you know, 150 points per game, right? That's not going to account for that. And then if you look over the same sample set of data, teams have taken between, you know, 21 and 23 free throws per game on average and off of, you know, about 20, 20 and a half fouls per game, right? So that hasn't changed either. That's the same. So free throws are the same. Pace has risen three-point percentage is the same obviously number of three-point attempts has risen 
But what about overall field goals, right? Has field goals themselves gone up with the pace that's gone up? And field goal percentage has also been maintained similar to three-point percentage at around 45%. 45%, then you start to see it tick up into the 46 and 47% is where we're at this year. So 2% better than the average is what we're at this year in terms of field goal percentage. But if you, you know, there's 1,200 games over the course of the season. Of course, we've played less than half of that. Let's call it like 400 games so far have been played across the league. And, um, you know, 2% better than average for 400 that accounts for some some good points, right? And then with the pace statistics, you look at field goal attempts overall, and that has gone up from 81 in 2011 to just under 90 field goal attempts per game, right? So three-point shots themselves have nearly doubled from 18 to 34, but the overall number of field goal attempts has gone up from 81 to 89. So what that means is, yes, pace has gone up and contributed for it, but obviously field goal attempts, like two-point field goal attempts, has dropped significantly due to, obviously, just math, right? If it's only two points and three points and free throws are consistent, then you can obviously do some deductive reasoning and being like, all right, well, you can only shoot once per possession, if you're shooting 18 more threes per game, or specifically 16 more threes per game, and the overall field goal attempt has gone up by 10, then you can also deduct that you're taking about six less two-pointers per game to take those threes, um, which doesn't sound like a lot, but remember, it's per team, right? So you got to double, double it for the course of the whole game, all these numbers. And that's basically where you account for most of the scoring because the, the the per game average has gone up you know from to about 113.8 teams are scoring this year on average in an NBA game um, and that's just the average and that's gone up since 2011 from 106 something like that 106 107 um, so seven points per game per team leads to 14 right so from a team perspective it can all just be explained by basically pace and switching from twos to more threes like that's the steph curry effect right the warriors golden state effect um and that has led to a higher number of scoring because you look at the statistics and it's not I, my original hypothesis when I was going into this to look at the data. I was like, oh, well, maybe teams are just shooting better, right? Like the field goal percentage would be, you know, more significantly higher, right? I was expecting maybe a jump from 41% up to like a 48, 49%. But even then, like them being so close to 50 didn't make sense. Digging into the data, yeah, they're they're 2% better overall at shooting from previous years, but they're only 1% better versus last year. And it just feels like there's so much more scoring these days than there's ever been. Um, excuse me. They're up uh, on the on the average points per game. They had 98 
uh, points per game in 2013, and that is up to 113. So, you know, the the 10 more three-pointers or 16 more three-pointers per game, but 10 less or six less two-pointers per game um, has actually attributed to 15 points per game per team, which is, you know, basically accounting for 30% of the difference or 30 points of the difference between, you know, scores back at early 2011 and today. It doesn't necessarily account for a major difference between, you know, today's scoring and last year's scoring, which feels fairly significant. Um, so once again, just to surmise this all on the the team aspect of it, right? The pace is identical, right? Teams are not playing any faster. Three-point percentage is identical from last year, 35.4% versus 35.7% this year. Three-pointer attempts is actually down 35.2 per team last year, 34.3 this year. And then the shooting, the overall shooting percentage, though, has changed from 46.1% to 47.1%. So just that 1% difference in essentially two two-point shots has accounted. And that is what WA meant by teams are being more efficient, right? That's just a fancy way of saying teams shoot better now <laughs> than they ever have. Um, and as a team, that's great, right? You want players on your team that are talented, that can make buckets and the league wide, everyone has experienced that. Um, but what sets, I think the winners and the losers apart, because now there's a lot of parity in the league. That's, that's what all this means, right? Any given night, a team can go off and score a bunch of points on anyone. The Thunder just proved that against the Celtics. That's like a bottom-tier Western Conference team facing the number one team in the league from a record standpoint, right? And they just hung 150 on them. Celtics scored 117. Like, they didn't score, like, no points, but the Thunder scored 150 in regulation. They had, like, 122 by the end of the third. They basically had two 75-point halves, and the 70-point halves are way more common than they used to be, and it's all basically due to the fact that teams are just shooting better than they ever have. But what separates the winners and the losers, the top and the bottom, are the individual performances, which the data shows have gotten shockingly better. Let's take a quick break, and we'll, we'll dive into that half. All right, so if you're still with me here, after all that mumbo-jumbo on the team performance, um... Let's dig into what's happening at the individual level, too. Because obviously a team is the sum of the individual parts. No shit, right? That's been said a billion times. But because the team is the sum of the individual parts, and overall, my my hypothesis theory slash statement is that the individual talent due to maybe improvements in scouting, rest and recovery, schedule optimization, right? We haven't talked we haven't really talked about how there's less back-to-backs, less travel, more rest for the players, you know, basically less fatigue which could attribute to them shooting better. The individual performances have gotten better as well. Um as I mentioned at the top, you know, we've had a number of 50-point performances 
this season alone, we've also had, you know, many 40-point performances, many 30, um, and things of that nature. And it's it's just been incredible at the individual level what's been going on. And we've had some of our best scorers miss some time. Like Steph Curry's been out. Damian Lillard's been out. Anthony Davis has been out, right? Like Giannis has missed some time. Some really good scores, Brandon Ingram, Zion Williamson, a lot of players have missed some time. They haven't missed, obviously, the whole season, but a lot of players have missed some time, and still we're getting these incredible, incredible performances. So just to put it in perspective, this year alone, through today, we have 43 players that are averaging over 20 points, so like 20 points or more. You got a couple at 19.9, they're not included. But 43% of the league, or not 43%, 43 players, which is 10% of the league, is averaging 20 points. That's crazy. That's basically like 1.1 players per team averaging 20 points off a 15-man roster, which is like, duh, everybody has their superstar. Um, But when you compare that to other years, this year has been an outlier for sure. So you have 43 players averaging over 20 points. Eight of those are averaging over 28 points, so 29 or more. And you have five players with 30 or more, um, which, okay, that doesn't sound that crazy. I'm sure you, off the top of your head you can name the five players that are averaging 30 or more points this season, you know, if you've been paying attention, right? It's going to be like your Giannis. Luca, Joel Embiid, Jason Tatum, and I'll let you think about the fifth one. We'll come back, right? Compare that with last year. You had 27 players with over 20, and only two finished the season averaging more than 28. You had Giannis with 29.9 and Embiid with 30.6. So you have four times as many players over that 28-point mark and not like 28.9, I'm talking about 29, basically 29 or more, because you have some players in the 28, but like to go from 27 to 43 is basically a 50% jump in players that are over 20%, uh, 20 points per game, and then you have, you know, a four times as many players in that 29-30 club, right? The year prior to that, a little bit more scoring, 31 players over 20, but only two over 28, Beal with 31.3 and Curry with 32. 2020, you had 28 over 20. 2019, you had 31 over 20. 2017, 2018, 2019 are crazy. All all the years, you had, you know, 31 over 20, 22 over 20, 31 over 20. But the only player over 28 in all those years was James Harden with 36.1%. In the 2019 season, there are 36.1 points per game. I keep saying percent. I don't know why. Percentages are on the brain. But 36.1 points per game in 2019, um, 30.4 points per game in 2018, and 29.1 points per game in 2017. Uh, Russell Westbrook won the scoring title in 2017 with 31.6 points. Those two were the only two players with over 28. Uh, but prior to that, like 2016, 2015, 2014, 2013, 2012, and 2011, 2011, you had exactly 
three players average more than 28 points per game. 2011, zero players more than 28. You had 19 players with 20 points or more. 2012, you only had 12 players with 20 points or more, none with none with 20 more than 28 per game. 2013, you had nine players with 20 points, and none of them averaged more than 28 points per game. So now, 10 years later, we went from nine players that had 20 points or more per game to 43 players averaging 20 points per game or more. That's a crazy jump. 2014, this is the first year where we get uh, somebody over 28 points per game, and that was KD with 32, but he was the only one that averaged more than 28 points. 2015, you had nobody over 28 points. 2016, you had Steph, who averaged 30 points per game, and Harden with 29 points per game. Everybody else less than 28 points per game. So it's crazy, right? This year we have five players with 30 or more points. That's more than, literally, that's more than 2011 through 2017 combined, even allowing for players to score more than 30 twice, right? So from 20, it's like 2010, 2011 season, all the way through the 2016, 2017 season, you had Westbrook, Steph, KD as the only three players to score more than 30 points per game, right? If you scored 29.8, you won the freaking scoring title any any year, 2011-2017. 2018-2019, only James Harden, right? 2020, you had three players over 30, and that was like the high. But even still, from, from then till now, scoring more than 30 per game was rare. But this year... Five players with 30 or more. Like, I don't know if this is translating as I think it does. But if you look at the individual numbers, they're just, like, astounding. Like, players' talent across the board is just a lot better. 43 players with over 20 points. 43! That's crazy. You have 43 individuals that can give you 20 a night. Like, you go back to the 90s or 80s. Like, that was rare. That was super rare. You haven't seen that since, like, Wilt played, right? Those numbers in the early 70s. Um, so we are just being treated to a, a, a joyous occasion in the league. And it's something that's incredible, right? Everybody likes to go to a high-scoring game. Everybody likes, everybody likes to see the ball go in the hoop. You can't really blame the refs. They're not calling any more fouls than they've ever called. Teams aren't really taking any more free throws than they've ever taken. Over the last few years, sure, obviously three-pointers have gotten gone up. I think that, you know, obviously the statistics and everything else have gone into aiding that. Um, it's funny, you had one year with the Rockets. They averaged like 42 three-pointers per game, which is just absurd. Um, but overall, you just have much better talent at the individual level, which is leading to games being played at a very high level and scoring is at a pre it's, it is going off right now and it's something to be enjoyed. So I hope you're enjoying it. You know, if you're looking at betting uh, the over for points, 10% chance they'll get over 20, whoever you bet on, right? Uh, because basically one out of every 10 players in the league is scoring 
20 points per night or more. Some of them are scoring 30 or 35. Um, so hopefully you're enjoying some basketball. We got the NFL wrapping up its season this weekend. <coughs> Maybe we'll come back and do some wild card predictions next week for you. Um, a little under the weather, you know, today. So um, if I sound any difference, because I'm sick. But um, anyway, stay safe, stay dry, drive safely. You know, if you need new tires, go get new tires. Don't be cheap. Like the rain is no joke. Don't want to hear about any accidents, all that good stuff. But uh, thank you, as always, for listening. Follow me at PJ Showcase on just Twitter. There's no Instagram in 2023. That was one of my resolutions. So on just Twitter, at PJ Showcase. Um, going over the picks, 19 and 10 and 1 at this point. So a little bit of a hot streak. Um, I did definitely jinx myself last week coming on here. But, you know, hopefully we can win you guys some money as well as myself. And until next week, bye-bye. Thank you.